Office Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan. Keenan, nice to have Absolutely. you. Uh, we're going to do a little speed round right here, lightning round of a review of the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we figured we'd check in. By the time you hear from us again, a couple of these series might be over. So we figured we'd do a brief check in on these playoff series. Keenan, how are yeah. you doing? I'm great. Um, uh, Jimmy, like playoff, playoff Jimmy. Um, we're gonna just start there. I can't help it. Fifty six. Wade dropped forty six against the Celtics. That was an iconic game. Uh, LeBron had forty nine. That was the Heat record. And Jimmy just said bye to both of those by a good margin. Ten for Wade, six or seven for LeBron. He was unstoppable. He could. There was nothing he couldn't do last night. It was, some. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't even know what to make of this series. Um, but starting with the game last night, yeah, Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. was incredible. They they really had no business winning that. Would they end up winning by six, eight points? Uh, I think it was one nineteen to one fourteen, if I remember correctly. I think that so they was end up winning by two. They end up winning two by two possessions. Yeah. I guess that's all right. But they're down twelve with about four and a half, five minutes left, and then they erase the lead on a quick thirteen zero run. Jimmy hits those back to back threes, and yeah. uh, Milwaukee couldn't really score after that. And then before you knew it, they were up. Four or five points with 30 seconds left. They, Milwaukee couldn't get what they want out of their offense. Before you know it, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was pretty wild. It was already a great Jimmy Butler performance. Um, it was already yeah. a good game. You know, Jimmy Butler had put up 22 in the first quarter, only put up two in the second quarter. And, you know, mm-hmm. the Heat were playing with the Bucks as you expected, even with Giannis back. Um, yep. You know. As I mentioned at the end of your MVP series the other day, when we were talking and we knew this game was yeah. coming up, you know, it looked we didn't know if Giannis would be playing or not, and I wasn't really worried even if he didn't. You know, I thought the Bucks would at least tie up the series even without Giannis, and then they get mm-hmm. Giannis back, and it apparently didn't matter. And uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler didn't get much help as far as the scoring department. Obviously, it's a team win, but. That was an old school MJ Kobe Iverson type of game where your star gets going. You know, shout out damn to near Wade 50% too. of the like, points. And Dwayne Wade, 50% of your points, damn near high 40% of your points. That's insane. Uh, yeah, Jimmy's different. He kind of debunked the playoff Jimmy thing last night. He's like, there's no such thing. But <laughs> no, it's true. Great players really just raise their game in the playoffs. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. Whether it's no matter what sport you're in, you're supposed to play better when it matters than the regular mm-hmm. season. So shouts to Jimmy. Uh love seeing Jimmy win. He doesn't make excuses. You never hear him be like, oh I need I need this, I need that. He just goes out and plays. And uh they're up three one somehow. How do you feel? What do you think for uh game five? What's it look so, like here? <clears throat> there's no way Milwaukee loses. Like I I think this series goes at least six, if not seven. I don't think Giannis is not going to allow him them to lose on his own floor. There's no way. I can't see it either. I can't see it either. Matter of fact, this is the first time I've really that someone's been down three one and I've been like almost positive that the team with one win is going to come back at least to make Mm -hmm. it seven. Um, But I don't know. Game six would certainly be tough. I don't think they're necessarily going to blow out Miami next game, but. I don't know. I definitely see Milwaukee winning. I would be shocked if they lose in five to Milwaukee or to Miami. But I mean, this playoffs has been great so far. Aside from the injuries, uh, everything that's happened. I mean, we say it every year, but it's you know it's true. Like, it really is two different sports: the NBA regular season and the NBA postseason. It, yeah, um, absolutely. The level of physicality. And, I mean, the players tell you it too. So, more than ever now, though. Mm-hmm. Any any other thoughts on this series? Okay, so thoughts on this series here. I the repercussions of it's interesting. So we'll probably 
what I was thinking was just going down the Eastern, like as you would go. So maybe talk about Knicks, Cavs next, and then kind of just go series for series, because then it kind of can set up next round too. Um, so the Heat win this. It's not like an all-time choke because, like, from a one seed losing to an eight seed because Giannis was injured a couple games, but at the same time, mm-hmm. they were losing in game one when he did get injured. Game two, they blew him out. Game three, the Heat won. Game four was an all-time great Jimmy Butler performance. And then if they lose in five or six, you think to yourself, you're like, okay, the Bucks were probably the favorites going into these playoffs, and then they lose in the first round, the repercussions from that's going to be interesting, even though you blame, you could blame it on a Giannis injury, but still. So that's going to be interesting there. And then I don't know if you have any other thoughts on this. If you're moving to the next series, if you do say have the heat who are up three, one playing the Knicks who are up three, one, that's an old school, old school series. And New York could get to the conference finals for the first time since, 99? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be 99. Uh, I'll, I'll answer the first one first. If the Bucks lose in five, it's absolutely a choke job. Uh, they mm-hmm. should at least get to six games, especially with you basically had Giannis out for two and three quarters of a game, right? Yeah. Uh, we expected the Heat to play them tough, but he got injured really early in game one. You said they were losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, look, last night, Miami goes on that 13-0 run. Boldenholzer does not call a timeout until they get ahead, right? Uh, they actually even gave up a basket, gave up a Jimmy Butler dunk, trying to call the timeout before that. Uh, I didn't really see the replay of that. They kind of cut away as it was happening and then cut back to the game as the steal was going on. So I didn't even really get to see the full highlight of that. I thought that was an interesting play because mm-hmm. it seems like Lowry stripped Giannis there. So that's on... It's completely on Giannis there, but for Budenholzer not to call a timeout any point during that run, I thought that was interesting. Uh, they kind of got a gift at the end of the game. You, you know, the game could be over with under 10 seconds in a two-possession game, but I still think there's a chance when the Bucks have a timeout, they get a gift. The Heat miss mm-hmm. a foul shot. It's probably about seven seconds left, actually. They got one timeout left. I'm thinking you call a timeout and try to get a three there, then foul, and then, you know, you play it out as long as you can. They don't call a timeout, and they go down and get nothing. And I thought the game was still, yeah, it's probably less than 5% that you even come back and tie, but you still have a a puncher's chance right there with one timeout with, you know, seven or eight seconds left. That is your season, essentially. I mean, obviously, this this series is not over. And it's not like right. with them being the one seed and then having the best player in the chance. league, you can come. Yeah, like that's like, like that's kind of your season essentially. Like you going coming back from three one is very tough. Could they win three in a row? Sure, but like you, you pull out every stop you possibly can to get to that point. So I agree with you there. Um, but otherwise, I have nothing else on this series unless you do. No, no, can't wait for game five. We got a. A loaded Wednesday of Game 5s, do-or-die Game 5s, as I like to call them. Um, as, yeah, no, there's not much on this series. About the Bucks with, just got um, As we talked about on the other uh, pod that we had done, I hate the Wednesday schedule. Like, There's too many important games on that day. Like, Just spread them out. Wednesday schedule's terrible. Yeah, there's, there's no way. This is the only, I mean, I... It'd be hard to think about, but I cannot remember ever in years past where there's four game fives on a not only on a Wednesday, but all four being viewed on a Wednesday. I don't know, like two are gonna be on at the uh, really yeah the East Coast games are gonna be on at the same time, and then uh, we'll have Lakers Grizzlies and uh, Warriors Kings on at the same time, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a wild game last night too, but uh, you know we'll talk about the Knicks Cavs. Knicks Cavs, I think this series is over. I think Knicks got it. Uh, that's whether the Cavs win yeah. tonight, right? Tonight's their mm-hmm. – no, no, they play yeah. tomorrow as well. Their game five's tomorrow. Uh, yeah, whether oh, the Knicks – It's okay, so it's an... – yeah, tonight is uh, Boston, uh, Atlanta, Boston Nuggets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and, Nuggets, and Suns, Clippers. Nuggets, Very true, yeah. Those are the three yeah. games tonight. And, yeah, tomorrow we're getting Knicks, Cavs, Heat, Bucks, and then uh, the two – 
that the Cali teams all play. Um, mm-hmm. But fuck was I saying? Knicks, yeah, I think Knicks got it uh, either way. Whether yeah. it goes back to the Garden or whether yeah. whether they win in Cleveland, I think they're the better team. Uh, they they ain't got anything from Julius Randle this series, and they're still three <laughs> one. I mean that says quite a bit. Donovan Mitchell, he's been MIA. You thought he would at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about playoff insert player here. Donovan Mitchell's usually been pretty good in the playoffs. Uh, last year aside, because he didn't have the greatest series last year. Um, you know, that's someone you can usually count on to at least get you more than 11 points, you know, in a must win game. But, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I think me and you, I, first of all, I'm kicking myself for picking Cleveland before the series. Cause I've been singing the Knicks praises all year, or at least certainly the second half of the year. I said, you, you know, that's a second round team building on a contender status in the next year. And, uh, mm-hmm. look, they look like they're going to be a second round team. I think Jalen Brunson is – I don't want to put a number on it on what guard he is, but, you know, I'd probably take him over a Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. I'd probably take him over – pick a few guards in the playoffs. Like, he's just proven it. Even last year with the Mavericks, I said I said going into this That's season – I said coming into this season, you take Brunson off the Mavericks, the Mavericks are going to have a tough time replacing that and look where the Mavericks are. Uh, he's just such a mm-hmm. smart one-on-one scorer. He's not necessarily like uh, like like Garland. Garland's a really good point guard, right? Like he's got a tremendous feel for the game. He can get you 15 assists on his best night, right? Mm-hmm. He can get you 30 points yeah. on his best night. Brunson, he's probably like an eight-assist guy. You know what I mean? Maybe 11 on his best night. Yeah. But he's just always going to make the right basketball play. He's just got such a smart mm-hmm. feel for the game. And uh, even him being undersized doesn't hurt him against – a wing defender against a bigger defender. He's usually got the advantage against a, a big on a switch in a pick and roll situation. Uh, he's just incredibly yeah. smart, especially from that mid range and in. He can just get whatever he wants. Um, he's a tough kid. I mean, he's a Villanova kid, ain't he? He went to Nova. So, I don't know. He's he's made of the right ingredients, as they say. And, uh, you know, they got Josh Hart, another Villanova kid over there. Um, who is perfect for the Knicks. Like, I just... Yeah, he he is perfect for the Knicks. That was one of the best moves at the deadline. Uh, And they're due for a Randall game. And if they get that, there's a high chance they get the Cavs out of here tomorrow. So, yeah. I don't know. I I was hoping for a seven-game series, but looks like it might be over in five. And you know what? They just got got the pedigree. They got Tibbs. They got Bronson. I mean, a lot of those guys on the Knicks have, have been there. You know, whereas the Cavs, it's really... Donovan Mitchell and some of their bench, maybe. This is going to be a very interesting. I'm hoping for obviously Heat, uh, Knicks second round. I'd love to see that. Those are both two teams that I feel are a piece away from being like contender contenders. Like they, um, like then they can definitely compete with you as we've already seen the. He are up 3-1 on the Bucks. We know Giannis was out two games. And then the Knicks are up 3-1 on the Cavs. And they've just been outplaying them in all aspects there. But it's going to be very interesting to see that series. Hopefully, if it happens, obviously, we have to wait for the chips to fall as they do. Uh, but in the coming years, I feel like people are going to start to want to go to New York. You'll see you seeing the progress, you're seeing the promise from people, from players. And then I feel obviously Miami's always been a destination. So with those two, I think you could really get them to be a true, true contender next season or possibly the season after. Just all depends on what they get do in the offseason. Yeah, with Miami in their case, they they kind of lucked out. Honestly, especially if they win the series, they luck oh, yeah. out because I don't know what their offseason looks like if they get booted in the first round. Would Jimmy get a little antsy? You know, would he want to maybe look elsewhere, maybe demand a trade midseason, something like that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just have a weird team. They have so many shooting, like spot-up shooting two guards, and specifically two guards. They're not spot-up wings like Hero, uh, Martin, who else? Gabe Vincent, Duncan Struz, Robinson, like they're all Gabe the same. Vincent. Duncan Robinson, they're all the same player. And heroes like might be the exception there, where who can play the two and the three, but all of them seem like they're just like 
two guards. It's to like, me. And uh, Hero can play make a little bit, but everybody else is just like spot up shooters who can kind of do a little bit off the bounce too. But like good for I don't know to Eric Spolstra because he really is taking. He's really just taking like players who I mean they have five undrafted players I believe turning water in into their wine. rotation and he's taking them. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Shout out to Eric Spolstra. We could argue is the best coach in the league right now. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how they're doing it. Two one sure. Three one. If you told me Giannis was out this game, they really had no business winning this game. And that sounds disrespectful, but serious. Like go look at the box score. Uh, it was Jimmy and nobody else on the offensive end. You know, they played their defense. Other people got buckets when it mattered. Bam even got a couple buckets down the stretch there. Uh, but Jimmy Butler, that was, a, that was a throwback performance. It really was. He had zero help offensively. But, uh, mm. yeah, as far as the offseason goes, yeah, I agree. I think the Heat are like a player and a half away, uh, especially after they – by the mm. way, they lost Oladipo the other night. We didn't even mention that. They lost Oladipo, They'll, who – wasn't necessarily playing great, but was just another guy you could throw in there in your rotation, aside from spot up shooting, and could play the wing a little bit, o- play the point and a little bit. They lost Oladipo because they lost Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're down <clears throat> two out of their top nine. So now they're just down yeah. to whoever. Kevin Love's giving you heavy minutes, and they're still winning. Uh, yeah, no, I think the Bucks come back, but yeah, no, I think they're two players short. I think the Knicks are right on the right trajectory. I think they get a piece, whether that's via trade, whether that's adding someone via free agency this year to their depth, you know, because uh, I'm not really sure of the free agent class this year uh, and what they would want on the timeline. They probably Chris want Middleton, another wing. Chris Middleton, Fred Van Vliet, um, obviously depending Westbrook, Harden, like those are kind of your top ones this year. If they could get Fred Van Vliet, I would really like that, actually. I think that would fit. I think yeah. that him and... <clears throat> I mean, Brunson in the backcourt, I think that could be very interesting. Or possibly, I know he's been playing well these playoffs, but if you moved off of R.J. Barrett, you could try to get something there. But at the same time, he's been developing I don't think a that's happening. Too, I, th- so. I think they're I pretty – they, they seem to be big on R.J. They seem to be big on R.J. I couldn't see them getting Van Vliet just because Brunson's also an undersized guard. So I couldn't see them going double undersized guard, especially with Tibbs. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, I could see them adding to their bench – and then down the road, making a trade for uh, for an impact player, whether that's yeah. whether that's Towns, whether that's Embiid, whoever it might be next year, that's that's unhappy. Uh, Embiid's been linked to him because I believe Leon Rose is his former agent, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean I think the Knicks are on the right track. Um, I'm loving watching them. There's nothing like the Garden in the playoffs, like nothing like it. Uh, you know, the further they make it. I mean, kind of like I was saying with the Kings, how, you know, the Kings is going to be one of the loudest arenas you hear this playoffs. The deeper the Knicks make it, that's going to be one of the louder arenas you hear in the playoffs. Uh, But no, it's been enjoyable. I'm glad to have the Knicks back in prominence. Uh, Feels great. Feels right. Mm -hmm. But they still got to finish the Cavs off. I believe they will. But I did yeah, not expect them to be up three one. I thought for sure they'd be going up two two heading back to Cleveland. But same. Here we are. I thought it was gonna be two two, but they I mean that's what happens. That's why you play the games. Uh so Sixers sweep. Um kind of shocked a little bit. I thought the Brooklyn would get at least one. But it was a sweep. They were def obviously they're the better team. Uh the Harden the Harden uh foul uh, ejection that was garbage and B not being ejected I thought that was just as garbage uh Claxton got thrown out of that game it was all game three Claxton got thrown out for the second technical which I thought he should not have gotten at all so for a stare down that's a bigger problem of the refing the entire playoffs has been shaky all over so but I mean the Sixers did what they were supposed to do I don't really have much to say on the Sixers at all uh, other than Harden needs to wake up because he can get by Brooklyn with that, but he's not going to get by Boston with the effort he put on throughout the series. Yeah, I mean, well, he had a great game one. Game two was not that great. Game three, he gets ejected for not much. Uh, and then game four, game four, he played okay. I don't really, I didn't really peep that game too much. I was at work and I was kind of watching it in and out. Um, 
Yeah, it was kind of a tune-up series for him. It's going to be tough on him anyway with the size of our wings. Uh, the closer we get to that series, the Sixers-Celtics series, the more, the less confident I am in the Sixers. Uh, the more confident I'm feeling in the in the Celtics with all their options. With if they wanted to play fast, I could. I think they could get Philly the fuck out of here. Philly does not play mm. uh, great transition defense. They do not play well against teams who you know pick up the pace on them. Uh, and B looks like the injuries less serious than you know what what Doc gave us for a prognosis. He said it would be fifty fifty. Looks like he's gonna play game one. Looks like it would be like a one week injury is what I read. Um, yeah, that's what I saw too. If they can, gonna be 50, if they can steal one, if they can steal one within the first two games in Boston, uh, I think that's great for them. If it went, if we went up two all, I'd expect them to either tie it up or you know get it, you know at least win one at home. But shit, if we went mm-hmm. up three one on them, it would not be a good look for Philly at all. I do expect a two two somewhere in there, but I do think there's aspects of it where the Celtics are just a bad matchup for them. Now, if Embiid can kick out of the double team, find his shooters, uh, pick his spots correctly, and just dominate one on one, we're gonna have trouble. Uh, but they gotta stop us on the other end. They gotta stop the three ball because we're gonna be jacking them up. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be a challenging series for Philly. But like you said, if James Harden can at least be, you know, eighty five percent of what he used to be in Houston during the playoffs, at least look for his three point shot. Uh, we're going to have trouble guarding Maxi. Maxi's going to get his buckets regardless. Uh, you know, they could definitely make it a series. And, the, you know, the deeper that series gets, obviously the better chance they have. But, look, this is supposed to be the best Embiid we've ever seen, the best version of him, right? He looks like he's yeah. going to be the MVP. Uh, he's had disappointing series in the past against the Celtics where he just yeah. hasn't played well. He's got to be, without a doubt, at least – got to leave this series at least saying – okay, he was the second best player to Tatum in the series. You know, at least saying that. And ideally, you want to leave, if you're a Philly fan, you want to leave here saying, okay, win or lose, he was the best player in that series. We just lost because of, you know, X, Y, Z. But, hey, this is the year for Philly, and there's a a lot of rumors every time shit seems sweet for Philly. Every time shit seems sweet for Philly, every single time we get this, James Harden going back to Houston <laughs> every single time. Christmas Day, we heard it. Right after the deadline, we heard it. Uh, a couple weeks after the deadline, we heard it. And now right in the middle of the playoffs, we hear it. I don't know why the hell James Harden would want to go back to Houston from Philly or, you know, they're a rebuilding team. It makes no I don't sense know, on either side. We've heard it too many times now for us not to take it seriously as basketball fans. But it's still yeah. one I'll believe when I see, but... The fact that it's still coming up even the playoffs, even during the playoffs, that Harden's thinking about going back to Houston, aiming to go back to Houston, not just thinking about it, uh, it's kind of concerning. So don't be afraid. <laughs> I won't really, be shocked when I see. I don't really get it, to be honest with you. I think he's maybe just I don't going get there for all. a lifestyle change. Like he may, he just doesn't want to be in Philly anymore. He wants to be back Well, apparently he like still has the keys. Apparently he can still like, he still goes back to the arena and gets shots up whenever he wants when he goes back in the summer and shit like that. And apparently just has a good relationship with their, with their owner who became the new owner like his last season and a half there. It's really weird. It's bizarre, really, to me. Um, but you know that's going to be a story if we see him check out like he normally does. If we see him check out yeah. during the playoffs and you know it gets to game six, and James Harden's got. 12 points, three rebounds, five assists, uh, three of 13 from the field with six turnovers. Guess we're all going to be saying, oh, he's got his eye on Houston. He ain't really yeah. caring about this series. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. I think, Boston for takes, I think Boston takes care of business tonight against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta somewhere in there, and I'll say this too about the Timberwolves, somewhere in that roster, there's a really good team in there somewhere, um, yep. whether that's with Trey or without Trey. Um, like, there's points where they would, you know, make a run versus the Celtics, 
but you could see they just did not have the cohesion to like get a defensive stop or you know get the right shot on offense. Um, Trey Young though, the more I think about it, I would love to see Trey Young either on a team like Brooklyn, who's like full of defensive wings, you know, and full of just like mm-hmm. hustle guys. Like they got a lot of guys you'd want to play with on that Brooklyn team as far as wings go they're bigs like they got a lot of smart players in Brooklyn I think Trey Young would fit over there or if you put Trey Young with another star where he's like certified number two I think Trey Young would be super dangerous as a number two option you know like if the number one's a big um like Embiid let's say let's say for some reason he ended up in Philly and it was him and Embiid I think that would be crazy beneficial for Trey Young to be the number two option, oh, yeah. someone like a like an Embiid. Uh, again, not saying this will happen. Yeah. There's probably slim to none chance he ends up in Philly. But if you know someone like that, someone of that stature, an MVP type player with Trey Young as your number two, he's such an amazing playmaker. Trey Young, he can get to anywhere he wants mm-hmm. on the court. Um, he's a better playmaker than he is shooter, and that's what he was billed as. Kind of in, coming into yeah, oh, the yeah. league was the next Absolutely. Steph Curry. Uh. So he's an interesting player. He's a tough player to probably play with and build around in some ways, but I don't know. They have an interesting offseason to me, especially with their new hire of Quinn Snyder and all that. If Trey Young is your second best player, you are definitely a championship contender. If Trey Young is your first best player, you are a playoff contender. You're a a team that can... If Trey Young's your second best player, you're definitely a championship contender. I mean, obviously it depends on the roster second, but like, yeah, I would say Joel Embiid and Trey Young, you are a championship contender. Say take off Jason Tatum and Trey Young, you are a championship contender. Jokic and Trey Young, like I can go on. Anthony Davis and Trey, I mean Anthony Davis and Trey Young, because Anthony Davis I think is in a weird spot, but yeah, for the most, I mean any any fit. Yeah, Trey you Young and whomever is going to be a Yeah, I mean that that's that's a different problem in its own right, honestly. But uh I love Trey Young to Brooklyn. I did I talked about this at work actually because there was talks obviously right before the Heat game where Trey Young might be moving, it might be his last game in Atlanta because there was rumors or whatever. So we were talking about Brooklyn, I really do like that. Me personally, just for the spectacle of it, I would like to see him in New York. I think that him and the New York crowd would be crazy. So I think that they would embrace him and he would embrace playing in four in the Knicks in New York. The Knicks. Yeah, no, see, like I yeah, it was more so a I don't think he fits that team really. It was more so a personal like uh I think that the Knicks would embrace him even though he's been the villain there. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. If they got um, someone electri- if they got someone electrifying like that, I feel like they would definitely love that. But I mean, their team. But this true. is also I was just thinking about this before, because I didn't think the Knicks were going to be as potent as they have been this playoffs. And so, like going forward, now they he does not he wouldn't fit really within that. But before that, I was just thinking to myself that Trey Young's showmanship in New York, I think would be great. That was, that was kind of more so what I was thinking. He would put on shows for them and he would really embrace that New York crowd. Not sure how the winning would go, but yeah, they would, it would be all right. It'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he did put on some shooting performances. I mean, this year he shot like 32%, but I see what you're saying mm-hmm. with the Knicks. Yeah, but it yeah, was more so. It was more so that I mean, I don't the basketball component of it. I don't think would be as great. I just more so the crowd and kind of aspect of that there, but that but Brooklyn I do like a lot. And if you could pair them with a big, that would be great there. But I and also going kind of forward, we were talking about Atlanta. I think unless Embiid goes crazy, I don't see them beating Boston. And for Boston, this couldn't be more of a fortunate playoff run. They missed having to play the tough team in Miami because they lost to Atlanta. So they've had a much lighter series against Atlanta. If they do get Milwaukee, they're going to get a Milwaukee that's having to come off a seven-game series against the Heat, and then they're coming off probably at least a six against the Knicks. I would assume (coughs) that Knicks team's not going to go down lightly. So they're going to be battle-tested. 
I mean, they're going to be worn down from these two battles. If not, they're playing either Miami or New York, which is obviously a lesser, which is lesser of the two teams. They played Miami last year. That game that went to Game Seven, or they're playing New York, which are going to be physical series, but not as I thought that their playoff run was going to be. And so they might be even more fresh for the finals. That's obviously projecting farther ahead, but I think this has been very fortunate for Boston thus far in the playoffs in the East. So far, yes. If everything holds court, you know, we'll know more after Wednesday. Oh, of course, yeah. But yeah, yeah if the Heat happen to pull it out and the Knicks happen to pull it out and we get a, a Knicks-Heat semifinal, which would be crazy, it'd be uh, oh, yeah, shouts absolutely. to the late 90s is what that would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then Boston's certainly fortunate. Then they they have home court the rest of the playoffs in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be wild. That would be wild. Uh, I'm still, as we said earlier, I'm not discounting Milwaukee just yet. I think they oh absolutely not. they definitely come absolutely. away with a win. Like I think, I think, I think it's a higher chance we get a game six than it is that Miami is in the second round by Thursday morning. You know what I mean, or by Wednesday night. So. We'll see what happens this weekend because I believe the Bucks will win tomorrow, as you do too. Um, yeah. But if that is the case and everything hold, everything holds court, yeah, no, it's certainly more fortunate for the Celtics. Uh, who yeah. would not want to face Miami? God forbid Miami somehow makes it to the conference finals. Philly's going to be a low. Don't get it twisted. Like I like oh, our yeah, I like our chances against that's going to be a that's like going to be a series. Don't worry me wrong. Should be, should be, yeah, it should be. It really depends on Harden. It really does, as we were saying. Yeah. But you know, I still think, I still think the rest of their cast will step up. I think we're gonna see the best version of Embiid. Uh, but yeah, if Harden could simply, you know, engage himself and not be the James Harden of the past, yeah, it could be tough on us. But I'll believe it yeah. when I see it with him. But I do think. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that series prior, probably with Camden before. Uh, before that, once yeah. that series is official, but uh, yeah, no, if like you said, if that's okay. the case, though, yeah, it does get easier for the Celtics immediately yes. if the Bucks are out of the playoffs. Yes, hundred percent. And moving on to the West, we'll start the one eight there because that's where we started. In well, the on, East. time out, time out. I do want to, I no. do want to say something oh, uh, though. Oh, you, you mentioned you mentioned the refs. Yep. You mentioned the refs earlier. Uh, I think the officiating's better. In the playoffs, as it usually is, like I think most of the games I watch, I'm like, oh, the officials mm-hmm. are letting them play. Or there's moments like, I think it was the Lakers Grizzlies last night where they weren't really letting people play and they were calling everything kind of ticky tack. That shit I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think for the most part, aside from the tease, like you said, like the technicals, the flagrants, that shit I can do without. That's that's a nightmare every fucking year. Uh, yeah, I forget what game it was last night, and it really doesn't matter because it's every single game. And I know they instituted the rule a couple years ago, but like the whole like when you slide your foot underneath someone is that a flagrant? Oh, is yeah. is this is this play where someone's clearly, you know, ripping the ball back right? Like he's ripping the ball, he's trying to evade people reaching, and he catches someone with an elbow. Oh, is that a flagrant? That shit I can do without like. I really do believe the level of physicality that is not played during the regular season, how they let everything be freedom of movement, da-da-da. And then the playoffs come, and you allow it to be back to the 2010s, back to the 2000s, back to the 90s with some of these series, right? Uh, Yeah. I really think that's part of some of these injuries or, like, part of, like, what you see out of these players in the playoffs. Like, if you're going from literally, like, JV basketball to varsity, just to use that kind of analogy, or no, like from I don't know, from regular basketball to hockey, damn near in the playoffs. Like it, it's so much more physical now than it was three weeks ago in the regular practice scrimmages to game to to the real game games. That's like what what the NBA season has become like advanced scrimmages at times. Like it's like okay, really cool, but that's perfect. it, they're advanced scrimmages, essentially, and they're working out the kinks. They're just going through the motions, and then you get back to hi Danny's arm, and then you get back to. <laughs> I was gonna say like, <laughs> Danny, what's up? 
Now she was just stretching her arm, and just out of nowhere, you just see this claw come up in the background. But um, yeah, you get you get to the playoffs, and players aren't prepared to play. I mean, the two teams that have obviously there's multiple teams, but like the Knicks, they don't really rest people. They've been prepared every day. Miami doesn't fully rest people. They've just had injury problems. They're prepared. The teams that seem to not be resting players like consistently seem to be the more prepared teams throughout the playoffs thus far, at least to me. And I think that's kudos to the regular season and them actually preparing themselves to move forward and play in May and June. Let's move on to the Western Conference. I'm sure I'll have more complaints yeah, about the rest so of the, the future. This first series is quick for me. Uh, Nuggets, Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards has been a man amongst boys. He's been great. Jokic is obviously doing what Jokic does, and that's being arguably the best center in the league. And the Nuggets are obviously just better than the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are a little bit chaotic. They're just kind of a mess of a team at times. Like they have the talent, as you said. There's a good. There's a really good team within there somewhere. They're just so chaotic that they get in the way of their own good team. But Anthony Edwards is a true, true star, star, star of stars. He's becoming in that superstar class. I think he's just got like another step to take up there. But that's really my takeaway. It's been Anthony Edwards and the Nuggets are a very good team. Um, well, so I don't necessarily agree with that the T-Wolves are chaotic. I think, I just think they haven't had enough games together with Towns missing a lot of this season. Um, I'm really impressed with how, how they look, you know, they look very, I guess like they carry themselves almost like a veteran team, right? This team just kind of trying to like, they almost need like a, I don't want to. Their coach is good, right? Chris Finch, that's yeah. his name. He's a good coach. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, if they had a, a Eric Spolstra, if they had like a Steve Kerr, what this team looks like because there's a lot of ability with their top seven that they play because they play Prince Kyle Anderson off the bench, and then you got their five Rick of Conley, Conley Anthony Edwards. Uh, who's their three that they start with? Because they don't start slow mo or Prince. Oh, my. But Edwards, no, Conley, Towns, and Gobert. I'm looking. I gotta look it up because I'm forgetting who the fuck. I look. I got it. You go the on. Fifth guy is. All right, but they all play together and they're all like playoff season guys. Uh, even Towns and Edwards, you know, from last year. And Towns has had a couple other series, I believe, and he hasn't had the best playoff success. Nikhil Alexander Walker, by the way, go on. Nikhil, that's right, Alexander Walker. Um. They all play well. They're all smart players as far as, like, Anderson, Conley. Those are, like, Kyle Anderson's basically a point guard. And he does he does a bunch of, like, Draymond Greenish type shit on offense. He's very Al Horford-like where he's just not wasting any steps out there. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to play defense. knows how to play both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Conley, who's not only a good spot-up shooter, but a floor general himself. Towns is a spot-up shooter. Like, that's... Like, if there's a coach out there who could strictly make Towns almost 3 and D-ish, right, and you just got Towns really spotting up or doing two dribbles to get to the rim, using Rudy in that pick and roll, and then, you know, whatever on defense, try to get cohesion, you're good there. You're good. And then run your offense through Anthony Edwards as they've been. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards is a problem with his athleticism and his size. Um, Denver on the other end, though, he's given them problems. Anthony Edwards is pretty much the only person giving them true problems off the dribble. Uh, but, man, that offense, as I've said all year, that offense is hyper-efficient. They can do whatever they want on offense as far as getting either their best players a shot or anybody a shot. Um, yeah. They've even showed me something, especially in the last game. I know the Timberwolves ended up winning in OT, but they showed me something in the last game with being able to get stops down the stretch. Um, they were able to... I think they were down 12 with two minutes to go against Minnesota. Came back, yeah, tied that 12 game. 12-0 run to bring it to OT. Yeah, they almost they almost stole it in regulation. Yeah. Uh, Edwards and the gang ends up pulling it out, but I think they win it in five. 
I do think it's going to be a good game, though. I think Minnesota's going to give them their best effort. Uh, again, they carry themselves a lot because they ended up with the eight seed. I think this is truly like a five seed. This is truly a five seed team playing as an eight. And then that's why you're getting A, the effort and the competence that they play with against a Denver team. Like they look good against Denver. Denver's just better. You know what I mean? But uh, I do think even with all the mess, even though we called this trade one of the worst trades ever with Gobert. It's one of the reasons why I was so heavy on them on the preseason that, yeah, maybe it all doesn't fit, but they've got enough quality talent and quality players in there to where that's still a good team in there somewhere, no matter how disjointed it could look on defense. Um, mm-hmm. They look pretty good to me, even despite all the games their core has not played together. And I really wonder what their offseason looks yeah. like, especially if Denver gets them out of here tomorrow. Does Towns get traded? Excuse me, does Towns get traded? Who do they keep off that bench? Because I believe there is something there. And I believe Finch does do a good job. I think, again, if this is like a Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra, a top-tier, top-tier coach with this squad, like they could really give Denver problems. And that's not so much on Denver as much as it is that the T-Wolves, as weird as their roster is, they've just got a lot of top-end talent, truly. Yep. And the role players yeah, are good definitely. pieces. <clears throat> They definitely have a seven that can compete. Uh, I more so meant chaotic. Just sometimes I feel they don't execute well. Like they just don't do. But they're. Uh, but you're right. They do have talent around there. Carl Anthony Towns. Like they have players, and Anthony Edwards is rising and rising. So I do. I do think the Nuggets do get them out of there in five. Though I don't see them going back to Minnesota. But moving on to the next. I don't series. see it, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. Wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world, but I don't see it personally. If I had to bet, I would definitely bet Denver. But the Phoenix and the Clippers. So there's a lot about this series. Uh, Denver, I'm sorry, Denver. Phoenix, I've lost confidence in Phoenix in this series specifically alone. Um, So they're having very much trouble without Paul George and without uh, Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. Russell Westbrook is showing that he's definitely not washed at all. The Clippers, it's going to be interesting what you do this offseason because do you trust that Paul George and Kawhi can stay healthy? No. They're getting a little up. Not that they're getting old, not old by all. any means, but like they're, but they're starting to age a little bit. Like, do you... Can you do you move off of one of them? Do you move off of I don't move off of both, but like do you move off of one of them to try to bolster that roster? So there, clip my Clippers questions more off season stuff because I don't think they're winning the series, especially without Kawhi. The Suns are, as I felt like if you had to give me percentage 60 40 that they were going to beat the Nuggets, which isn't really much, but I I would have leaned them to beat the Nuggets. I'm now at like a 40 60. I would lean the Nuggets. The Nuggets are just such a more a cohesive team. They know who they are. Michael Porter Jr. is playing well. Jamal Murray's getting back to that playoff Murray that he is. So Phoenix has one way to win. It feels like they don't feel like they can get consistent stops. Like so their way to win is Devin Booker, Chris Paul a little bit, and Kevin Durant make mid range jump shots for the most part, and then they'll hit some threes. And Tony Craig needs to play big. And I don't love that for them. Yeah, Torrey Craig's had the series of his life so far. I think yeah. my issues with them or why I don't think they're going to make it too far, I think I had them in the conference final. No, I think I had them losing to Denver in the second round, right? I had um, them in the conference finals, and I don't know about that anymore. Yeah, I feel the same as I was before, which is they have about five and a half players, six players, you know. Uh, I did not think mm. that was going to be enough, and clearly it's not because they're playing Booker and Durant, you know, NBA Finals minutes right now. Super they're playing minutes. 42 minutes a game, 45 minutes a game. Um, Chris Paul's not wanting to take open threes. That's concerning to me because that's what it'll look like a lot of the times if it's not running through him in the pick and roll in the fourth quarter, which it shouldn't be. He's going to be a spot-up guy. And throughout his career, he's been an excellent three-point shooter. He seemed to have lost confidence in his three-point shot. 
within the last few months here for whatever reason. I don't think Uh, he has the legs for it anymore. I just think that he's so old, like him being 38. I just feel and he turns thirty nine. Are they either he's either thirty seven turning thirty eight or thirty eight turning thirty nine in like two weeks. His birthday is like early May. Um, but I just feel with him, it's just the fact that he just doesn't have the legs and he's having to play thirty eight, forty minutes a game. Like he doesn't get a break with campaign being out. Like he just plays a lot. So fourth quarter time comes along. I just don't think he can do it. Like consistently, I think if he played twenty five minutes, he might be more apt to take those threes. But with the heavy lo- minutes he's logging right now, I don't see it. So maybe I don't know. Is campaign due to come back? He probably will be round two. I don't really know what his injury is. If because uh, if he does, then that would definitely help because then you could spell Chris Paul minutes throughout the game, and then at the end of the game, he might be just and he might be a player again and not just a mannequin in the corner. Look, if you got a, <laughs> if your playoff hopes hinge on if campaign can come back, you already are fucked up. So, <laughs> I don't like that for the yeah, Suns. That, that's, but that's not as far wrong. as Chris Paul, if as far as Chris Paul, I mean, it's it's some short corner threes that he's passing up. I don't know if that's legs. To me, that's more confidence than it is legs. He kind of paces himself throughout the game but, anyway. Doesn't play at a fast pace. Maybe both. He is playing heavier know. minutes. He is playing heavier minutes than in the regular season, but this is something I was seeing in the regular season too. When the few times they did have to rant, he would mm-hmm. pass up open threes in favor of a fifteen footer or just give up the rock. Um, but no, I mean, especially now that I'm seeing Denver get stops, Anthony Edwards is tough to guard for them, but he's such an athletic force compared to Durant and Booker, where you can kind of keep them in front of you at least. Granted, Booker's getting to the rim whenever yeah. he wants as well. They're going to give him problems. I mean, it's fucking Booker and Durant. But the way their offense runs, the fact that the Suns are really only six deep and, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to stop Denver. So what's going to happen on those nights where they can't? What's going to happen on those nights where Torrey Craig does not have his shot falling like he does against the Clippers? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be super tough. I mean, that, that series is automatically going six or seven, but... The way Durant has been going the last couple of years where he gets injured every few weeks, and now you're immediately playing him 42, 45 minutes a game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough. And they better, I'm assuming they will win tonight. I predict they will win tonight. I don't think that's crazy to say. But if for some reason the Clippers win, which isn't crazy, by the way, because they've played with them every step of the way. And if they simply just had fucking Kawhi the series, I think this is a seven-game series. Um, yeah. And to answer your question, I think the Clippers should get away from Kawhi as soon as they can. Just take PG and Russ, take all you can get back for Kawhi and and see what you can do because he's just never going to be healthy in the playoffs, it seems like anyway. It just seems that mm-hmm. way. He goes out, plays yeah. a great game two. Oh, Kawhi's sitting for game three. Oh, maybe it's just a break for one game. Maybe he's coming back for game four. Nope, he's out for game four. And, of course, he's going to be out tonight too. Uh, so, yeah, if I was them, I would get I rid would. of him. We'll see. We'll see with that, but I, I agree. But Phoenix, there, there's someone's gonna take him. He's there's a market for him. I just don't know what if the market's gonna be exactly what his talent's worth, just because of the injury problems. But there's obviously a market for Kawhi. Listen, I'll take him in Miami. I, I'll deal with the injury risks. So we'll figure out a deal. <laughs> Get him and Jimmy together. Uh yeah. But anyways, I'd I don't know if Jimmy you have any more on the series. Going to move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just I the Suns. I would, no, listen, I'm gonna let you know right now. I would not trade Jimmy for Kawhi straight up. Absolutely not. I know Jimmy's you have to give good. up. Ba- you have to give player. up Bam. Never, You'd have to give up Bam. I would. I could commit. Uh, I maybe can consider that. I iffy, but I'm not giving. I would not trade Kawhi for Jimmy straight up right now. Jimmy. I mean, I wouldn't have done it before. Breaking news. Because Kawhi is just not healthy enough. Jimmy will. I know Jimmy's going to be there in the playoffs, and he can play as well as anybody in the playoffs. Apparently, I mean, he went toe to toe with LeBron in twenty in the finals in twenty twenty. Like went back and forth with him. Was arguably the best player on the floor. So, I would take Jimmy over Kawhi. Back to this series, though. The Suns. Um. Yeah, depth is my. Depth was my worry before for them, like for not going deep in the playoffs, and uh, depth is still my concern for them. 
as far as the Clippers go, um, I would like to see Ty Lue play Rocco more, which is what yep. Clipper fans have been screaming for the last three, four months, really. I think he's perfect as a small ball five rather than Batum or shit. What was it? Game three, they went. They were basically playing Russ as their center. Yeah. You know what I mean? They went five guys who were six six and below, um, and they played Rocco about five minutes of that game. Last game they played Marcus Morris at the five. I'd like to see Rocco in that spot. Um, it's been amazing watching Russ just play full force on both ends. He's actually legitimately been given Durant problems. Um, it's been exactly the series yeah. I thought it would be as far as like how fun the games are, how great the matchups were. I was incredibly looking forward to the Kawhi Durant matchup, and we got all of two games of that. Um, I don't know. I'm just it's disappointing not being able to see this full Clippers squad together again. The only time we've seen it together was the bubble, uh, and they choked horrendously. Uh, you know, the bubble's the bubble, but they. They choked horrendously. I, you know, I've never seen a team shit them shit their pants collectively like that, the way they did against the Nuggets in a Game Seven. Um, so whatever. I mean, I just feel bad for Clipper fans because this is the same story every year with them. I hope Russ stays there. Makes sense. He's from LA, left the Lakers. He's here. Hopefully, they sign him to a couple years for a deal. Um, you know, he's gonna play hard. You know he'll be there every night. You ain't got to worry about that with Russ unless he's yeah. seriously injured. You know what I mean? So you could at least have yeah. Ka- uh, him and Paul George, and then if they decide to keep Kawhi, cool. You have Kawhi when you when you want him. At least you'll have some stability all the way through. I do think they need mm-hmm. like a pick-and-roll big type, not just like a Zubak, who does run the pick-and-roll, but, you know, he's, he's more of a back-to-the-basket type of center. Um, so I'd like to see them get like a – a mobile big who can maybe switch out on the perimeter here and there. More Bam versatile big. I think that would work. Bam out of bio. Exactly. Exactly. Someone like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kawhi and that would Bam give them bo- some. I would, I could probably get down with a Kawhi and a Bam package. I could probably figure, I could do, I could manage to do that and be okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, We'll argue about it another time, but, you know, talking about the Suns, talking about the Clippers, the Heat, this is exactly why I'm so big on depth, because injuries do happen. I think depth, I think you said last time you only need six players. I, I truly think you need eight or nine players. At I least, said seven to eight. You at least want to be deep. It's always been my I thought seven you said to six. Eight. I think you said six or seven. Uh, you need seven. You need seven to eight. I've always said in the playoffs you need... Five, your starting five, two bench players, and then a, a guy in the eight that you can kind of rotate. That's always, at least, I mean, I don't know why I would have said six, because that's always been my thing. Seven or eight players in the playoffs. We'll I look think at that you just tape. can shorten your rotation to that. I was say, I've always, we'll I've always believed this is seven, if not eight, in the playoffs. I don't think you can get it done with six. It's, unless your five are, like, all-timers. But... Lakers Grizzlies, Lakers Grizzlies. All timer. Speaking of all timer, I got LeBron's good. LeBron is good. Play basketball. Uh, LeBron's great. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies had last night's game too. They had it. Um, I would not be surprised if the Grizzlies went on Wednesday. That's a. Um, B. I think this is a this is not breaking news here, but I think it's a completely different series if they at least even just have Steven Adams, you know, to deal with the rebounding. LeBron has a 20-20 night last night as far as rebounding goes, uh, which is unusual to say the least. You know, he's he's very good at playing the power forward position like to a T when he wants to, which is crazy. Uh, he did you know, it in Miami for years. Yeah, I mean like a true power forward. Like he's playing he played it last night like a like a Charles Barkley would with those rebounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um like a old school power forward. Uh I have the same concern though with LeBron as I do with Durant with all these they're playing him heavy minutes here in the first round. And uh it looks like we're gonna get Lakers Warriors kind of giving away my prediction for the rest of that series. Um and I think Hypothetically, if we're fast forwarding, I would give the edge a little bit to the Warriors just based on that. 
because mm-hmm. LeBron's already dealing with a foot injury. He's playing heavy minutes. This Grizzlies team is no joke. You got to sacrifice yourself on defense at least. Um, Josh playing amazing. Desmond Bain's playing amazing. Uh, you know, if Memphis can get some more shooters in the offseason, I think that would be the most beneficial, especially with the style of play that Ja plays with, you know, just attacking the rim. Uh, ja damn near tried to kill himself last night with that charge on LeBron towards the end of the game. He had like a three-on-one. He's yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to try to clear LeBron right here. And like, I thought both of them were going to get injured. He, <laughs> he landed on LeBron's chest and his like, his goddamn feet were like above the rim when he was doing a somersault midair. Like, Josh has gonna kill no care for his games, body, like he and he has yeah, he has no care for his body and his hands already injured. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I it's there was going three to or be four times uh, he was gonna break his hand last night. Yeah, just his and sometimes his other one. Like yeah, he's just he's he's wild. Like Josh just has no chill at all playing basketball. But um, I do agree with your take on the Lakers. I think they're. I think I think Memphis is going to win Game Five. I do think the Lakers probably take it in six. I can't. I cannot picture LeBron losing three straight. Um, and I don't. I mean, the Game Seven, I'd put it with them too. But I just the way the series is going, I could see them winning in six. And I do think they're going to play the Warriors. I, I don't know if you saw Deer and Foxes out probably in Game Five. They called him doubtful. I think he's going to play. As I say, with a broken finger. Um, so he's, I could see him out game five and playing game six. Um, it, but either way, he's going to be hampered a little bit. So that's a blow to the Kings. I So I do end up thinking, I mean, I thought the Warriors were going to win before in a very close contested series. The series has been the best series so far. Um, and I do think By that far. it's going to continue to. Yeah, I was going to say, and I do continue to think it's going to be very close, but I do have the Warriors edging it out. Um, other than the last How many 40, games? F- other than the last, uh, I would go, s- I, I, I'm going six because I do think De'Aaron Fox will miss game five. I think that will be the difference in game five and then game six. You had it I don't in six prior to, right? Golden State's before going this- to allow that to get back. What's up? You had it six before the series, right? I had six before the series, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think Golden State's gonna let it get back to seven in in Sacramento. I don't think they want that. Um so I just like sometimes I feel like when you're a good enough team or you have a good enough player, they can kind of like say no. Kinda like Curry did in game three, was like, No, we're doing that or Jimmy last night was like, No, like we're just this is not going wherever. And other than like the last fifty-five seconds of the game four, Curry's been excellent throughout the entire series. That and then the one-legged three at ten game one was a little questionable. I thought he had time to put both down, but I guess he didn't. But I thought that so shot was all right. I do. Th- I thought it was fine, but I just thought he had time to set himself a little bit more. I kind of wish he would have. I think he would have had a better, a little cleaner uh, release on him. Possibly would have made this shot and to go to OT, but. Yeah, the timeout, the Chris Webber moment wasn't a good one for him, and then going way too early in the shot clock and missing the floater wasn't great for him either. So, wasn't a great, wasn't a great minute for Wardell, but they pulled it out, so it's okay. I do think though the Lakers, uh, Lakers Warriors next round, because I do think that's what we're gonna get. I think it may be the greatest thing in television for television, getting another LeBron Steph. I think that's going to be a fun seven, probably. I think it goes six or seven. I would lean the Warriors now, honestly, off of shooting. I don't think the Lakers shoot well enough to fully stay in. Because so, the Warriors can go on their runs, and I don't think they that the Lakers fully can match that. And I would say Clay has been playing well. Jordan Poole plays well at home. Uh, Steph's obviously been playing great. Draymond's looked active all playoffs, so I would lean them right now. But again, Anthony Davis is a game changer. So if Anthony Davis is a real Anthony Davis, that could change. I'll save my predictions for that series if that's what it ends up being. If that's the series, uh, yeah. I do think th- I-, I said this. Warriors Kings was going seven before the series. I think it's still going seven. Somehow, somehow we had it listed 
for our post to the Instagram that I said six. I don't know how that happened, but I said seven. I think it's still going to be seven. I think De'Aaron Fox is playing games five, six, and seven. I think if De'Aaron Fox does miss game five because he is listed as doubtful, I think he plays six and seven without a doubt. Um, Yeah, it would be tough. If he did happen to miss a game five, it would be tough winning that game in Golden State. But I believe Fox plays on Wednesday. I believe the Kings go up 3-2. I believe the Warriors win game six and seven. And uh, no, this has been one of the most fun first round series of recent memory. Uh, It seems like we're getting more and more good first round series, though, with how loaded the West is and just the amount of injuries that happen during the year to where you get a team like Minnesota falling to the to the eight seed and such and the Warriors falling to a six seed. You get more of these matchups. Yeah. But this has been fantastic. Like, it's been up and down. It's been exactly what I thought, you know, up and down, three-point shots. Malik Monk's been amazing for the Kings. Horter's been nowhere to be found in this series. Uh, Thank God Keegan Murray showed up for him because he was nowhere to be found up until last game. Uh, Sabonis, he doesn't even want to shoot a 15-footer anymore. He's playing pretty much strictly at the rim. He's still rebounding the ball very well, but I feel like for whatever reason, he's lost confidence in his shot. I think Draymond's doing a very good De'Aaron job Fox on him is, when he is playing. Darren Fox starting to enter superstar status. He's him and Anthony Edwards are two guys these playoffs that to me are taking like a next step. And Brunson, let me not forget For Jalen sure. Brunson too. I think Jalen Brunson, I think all three of them are like stepping up, and you're like, okay, so is Brunson? Brunson has to be a top ten guard in the game, and you're like, okay, is Anthony Edwards creeping into top five shooting like? top three shooting guards, maybe even higher. Like him and Devin Booker kind of can become a question a little bit. And then you have De'Aaron Fox, and you're like, well, like you you just think to yourself, he's like he's a, he's a different kind of explosive than John Morant, but he's as explosive as John Morant when it comes to like so, like speed, quickness, and like for, like shifting his first step. Obviously, Jaws is elevating. But he's more durable. He feels more durable than Jaw, just because he's not only a high flyer. He plays his game a lot lower to the ground, so he seems like he's gonna get inj- like he seems like he's gonna be more durable. So, yeah, he's like, certainly less Darren reckless Fox than Jaw ja Morant. Jaw Morant yeah, plays so like he's, he's just like he's so. Jaw Morant's trying to like, jump he's off playing the top like Zion ropes did half the in time. high school. <laughs> yeah, for real. But yeah, real. it's uh, but. That is that's kind of my been my takeaways from that, but we definitely can talk more about it when the series start to get to when we get to the second round because that's probably when we're gonna be talking next for the most part. We'll I mean, re- we might be come back. We'll reconvene like Warriors or some game seven. Yeah, yeah, we'll reconvene right before round two for sure because I can't wait because yeah. you know what. More than likely, this always happens. More than likely, one of the little mini predictions we made. Like, oh, like, we think the Bucks are going to win tomorrow kind of thing. Like, more than likely, one of these is going to mm-hmm. be wild wrong. Like, we could, by the time we get back here, we could have a, the Cavs might be in the second round. Uh, yeah. Who knows what? Maybe every single team came back from their deficit. I don't think that's going to happen, but who the hell it's knows? It's all game but, sevens uh, across the board, except for, the obviously, the Sixers. That's my dream. By the way, that's that's one thing I wanted to say, too. And I can say I can save it for next time. But that's that's how I watch all, every series that's not to do with like the Celtics. Every series I'm rooting for game seven. So anytime anyone goes up one oh, zero, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the other team to win. Like ideally, I want every series to go seven. Uh, a because you know I love basketball. B because the fuck do we get after basketball season for those two months before football? Not a damn thing. So. Nothing. Yeah, I need basketball to go as long as possible, so I'm always rooting for Game Seven. So that's how I'm watching these series. But we'll we'll talk more about how I watch basketball or how we digest basketball because I find that interesting. Yeah. I want to see what you and Camden's thoughts are on that next time we all meet and discuss these playoffs. But I know you got to get the hell out of here. This was the Warner Brothers podcast. Ken, do you have anything else to add before we close here? Uh, no, I have nothing to add. Um, actually, actually, wait, hold on. Part four, the finale, five through one, top 15 MVP since the merger. Kyle Gambon and his thoughts as well. Thank you for that again. But go check that out. That's going to be dropping as of right now at one, but you're going to see it. But it's going to already be dropped by the time you this is out. So 
Go check that out. Go see the list. It's interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good job on that, Keenan. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Listen, we're going to get the hell out of here. This was the Warner Brothers Podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, stream, watch on YouTube, whatever, whatever. Consume the podcast. Rate us. And uh, Keenan, great talking to you. I will see you probably at the end of the week before we get some game or before we get to the second round for sure. Uh, have a good one. Right. Danny, you have a good one as well. Sleeping in the back there. And uh, we'll see y'all later. <laughs>